the book of Job, chapter 1. It says, There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. That man was perfect and upright, and one that feared God and eschewed evil. There were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. His substance also was 7,000 sheep and 3,000 camels and 500 yoke of oxen and 500 she-asses and a very great household, so that this man was the greatest of all the men of the east. His sons went and feasted in their houses every one his day and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and to drink with them. And it was so when the days of their feasting were gone about that Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning, offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. Now, what, there, pardon me. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also among them. The Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth and from walking up and down in it. The Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job? There is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and echeweth evil. Then Satan answered the Lord and said to Job, Fear God for naught. Is not thy maiden hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side. Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land. But put forth thine hand now and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Only upon himself put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. And, of course, the rest of the chapter talks about the tragedies that befell Job one right after the other. Let us pray. Our Father, as I bow in your presence, I thank you for the Word of God. Thank you, Lord, for another privilege to preach for each one that's come. Help me, Lord, to be a blessing, to be a help, and to be an encouragement. Lord, you know what we need tonight, and I pray you'd speak to my heart and the hearts of each individual. May we understand this subject of trouble. Help me to communicate in a way I'll honor and please you. Be of those that are sick in body. God, we pray your hand upon them. And Lord, I pray you would give us uh, a, a desire and a vision for missions that we'd uh, have a burden uh, to see many saved around the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, you may be seated. I'll talk to you about trouble. Why do good people have trouble? That's a question that's perplexed uh, people for centuries. And why does trouble come in bunches? Uh, when the wicked uh, don't appear to have any trouble. Uh, the Bible tells us in the book of Psalm, uh, as the psalmist considers uh, the wicked, let me just read that verse to you quickly in Psalm 73 verse 5. They are not in trouble as other men, neither are they plagued like other men. Well, uh, as uh, the psalmist considers the wicked, and it seems like he is having all kind of trouble, and didn't look like they was having any trouble. But in reality, trouble comes to the wicked as well as the righteous. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 57, 
verse 20 and 21. But the wicked are like the troubled sea when it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. There is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. So the Bible said the wicked are like the troubled sea uh, when it cannot rest. Then in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, I think Brother Hickok shared that with us this morning. Uh, says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. So he says, There's no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. We may think we're the only one having trouble, but the Bible teaches that Everybody has trouble. Trouble comes both corporately or nationally and individually to both good and bad. In fact, the book of Matthew, chapter number 5 and verse number 45, if I can find it here, <coughs> says this, that you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven, for he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. You know, when it rains, the wicked get it just like the righteous. And uh, the evil, the good, God, they enjoy the sunshine just like we do. So troubles are common to mankind. Now, Job is one of the clearest illustrations in the Bible of why Good people have trouble, and lots of it. Job here, in, uh, in a very short period of time, lost his fortune. Now, the Bible said that he was the greatest man of the East there. He had 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 she-asses. Now, even in today's culture, to have that many animals, uh, you would be considered quite wealthy. Let's say a person had uh, 7,000 sheep. I know when we was going to Canada, went up through Kentucky and saw all those racehorses, all those pastures and those fences and, and just, uh, just a horse or two running around. I, I thought those must be valuable horses <laughs> uh, to merit that. Uh, and I mean, they had nice barns and nice fences and beautiful pastures and nice houses. So uh, those horses evidently are very valuable. And then we went through Indiana and Illinois and Wisconsin and seen all that farm country. Uh, just, uh, just the ground was dark and rich and, uh, you know, that feeds America. <laughs> that was quite amazing. Here's Job, a wealthy man, uh, very successful. And yet, in one, if, you read the, if you read the chapter... You'll find in one day it's all gone, or at least a short period of time. Uh, he talks about how that uh, the servants are killed and the animals are, are stolen or are killed. And, and uh, so he lost his fortune. He lost his family. It's one thing to lose your fortune. It's another thing to lose your family. And in one day his seven sons and three daughters are killed. And uh, then he, he's afflicted in his flesh. Uh, you know, and, uh, of course, he doesn't, he doesn't allow his fortune. He doesn't allow his children 
to turn him against God. So he's afflicted uh, from the top of his head to the sole of his foot with, with, uh, with this, uh, these boils and this disease. And, and, uh, but he still retains his integrity. His wife says, why don't you just curse God and die? His friends come and turn against him, begin to criticize him, tell him what a hypocrite he is. Uh, that if he was, if he wasn't a hypocrite, these things wouldn't be happening to him. If you were just living right, you wouldn't have any trouble. You know, you turn on the TV, you can hear that message today. All of Job's friends hadn't died. Turn on the television, you have the wealth and health messages. If you just live right, you're never going to have any problems. You're never going to have any trouble. You're going you're gonna to get rich. You're going you're gonna to always have good health. You're not going to have any trouble, they say. And yet the Bible doesn't support that, does it? Uh, they say, send us $100 and God will give you 1000 I thought, if they really believe that, won't they send me $100? Then they could get 1000 <laughs> But Job lost his friends, he lost his family, he lost his fortune, he lost it all. Trouble. And the Bible said he was a perfect and an upright man and feared God and eschewed evil. A good man, but a good man that was afflicted with trouble. Why do we have trouble? Well, the first thing is because we get born. <laughs> you know, the only thing you have to do to have trouble is to have a birth. The Bible said in Job 5, 7, yet man is born unto trouble as the sparks fly upward. In Job 14, 1, man that is born of woman, of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. I remember hearing Mike Hodge tell, uh, he said, I told a preacher that. And he said, that preacher responded and said, I don't believe that. He said, I've never had any trouble. But he said that man lived to have trouble. He said he lived to regret those words. If you live long enough, you're going to have trouble. Man that is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. The only way to avoid trouble is don't get born. <laughs> and you won't have any trouble. Psalm 51 verse 5 Behold, I was shaped in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Where well, we're born into a world of sin. And, uh, you know, the fact that I live in a sinful world guarantees trouble. It doesn't have to be my personal sin, as we'll see later in the message. Uh, the very fact that I live in a world of sin and death. If Jesus doesn't come first, I'm going to die physically, and you're going to die. Does that mean you're not a good person? Doesn't mean, doesn't mean that at all. It just means that we live on a cursed earth. We're born into a world of sin. We are born sinners. And we all have trouble because of it. Ecclesiastes 7.1 says the day of death is better than the day of birth. Well, if you're saved, it is, isn't it? <laughs> you know, because when you die... Your troubles are over if you're saved. So, of course, Ecclesiastes is man's reason under the sun. Don't go to the book of Ecclesiastes to, to establish your doctrine because he, he, he considers life and 
Solomon wrote it. Here's a man that, that had everything. A man that had, uh, had wisdom, a man that had great wealth, man that had power, man that had 700 concubines, or 700 wives, 300 concubines, a man that had everything that this world could, could offer a person, yet he seemed to be very unhappy. And he said it was all vanity and vexation of spirit. But he gets straightened out in the end there. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter, he says. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. Basically, it says life don't make any sense unless you live for God. And it don't really. If you sit down and, and think it through, uh, I mean, you're born, you, you grow up, you get married, you get a job, you start accumulating a few worthless possessions. And about the time you get it, it's time to leave. And you, you consider life and say, well, now what's life about <laughs> Uh, surely there's got to be more to life than this. That's the reason some people uh, end their life. They commit suicide because they come to the place there's no real meaning, no real purpose of life. So if you don't live for Jesus, life really uh, don't have a lot of meaning. In Job chapter 3, Job cursed the day of his birth and, and uh, wondered why he was even born. You know, I was thinking about this Thanksgiving season. You know, it is so easy for us to, to concentrate on, on the troubles until we forget the blessings. We may, have, we may have one tragedy in our life and forget about the thousand blessings. Isn't that the way we do? And, and we forget about all the good things. <laughs> you know, I may get sick and uh, here I've developed this uh, Parkinson's and I don't know where that's going to lead me. God knows. It's in his hands. But I had, uh, I had over a 50 year of fairly, fairly good health, see. So I can't, I can't uh, say, oh me, oh my. I mean, we forget about all those years of good health and the blessings of God. Well, trouble is to those that are born into this world, this sinful world. Then there's another reason for trouble, and that's belief. The Bible said that Job feared God. Now, again, some promise that if you just, if you just believe right and live right, you're not going to have any trouble. Now, here's a, a contradiction of that. Here's a man that lived right and believed right and had all kinds of trouble. Uh, so that doesn't guarantee we won't have trouble. Uh, the Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 8 and 9, We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. You know, it can always get worse, can't it? You think I've got it pretty bad. It's kind of like the person that, uh, uh, you know, that uh, grumbled, uh, uh, you know, because uh, their leg hurt or something and the, until they saw someone with no legs. Hey, you know, it can always be worse. I'll tell you something will cure, a cure a person of self-pity has to go to the nursing home. Spend a little time up and down those halls and you'll, you'll leave there and go get in your car and thank God you can get in your car 
and drive to the house. I hope God takes me to heaven first. <laughs> but he may not. That's, that's up to him, you know. And whatever he has planned for my life, uh, that'll be all right. We just have to accept it. May not, may not like it, but, uh, you know, I was, I was talking to Mike. I guess it was. I visited Mike Gill yesterday. And, and I said, of course, his family, he's had a lot of trouble. Uh, you know, seemingly his wife is on dialysis, and it's amazing that she's living. And, and his mother died about three years ago, and his dad died this short time ago. And now he uh, has this uh, terrible disease. And, and uh, why is it that seemingly some people have, have more than their share of trouble? But you know, we, we, see, we see this little snapshots, don't we? We don't see the whole picture. It's kind of like reading a book. You know, you read a book and uh, if you ever took a book and go over to the end of the book and read how it ends up, <laughs> and uh, you read along there and you find these actors in the book and they're all there in all kind of predicament, all kind of trouble, you read along there and you just want to tell them, it's going to turn out all right. <laughs> and listen, I've read the last chapters of the Revelation and it turns out all right. We don't have to worry about it. It's going to turn out all right. We're going to be trouble. We're going to have despair. We're going to have trouble. We're going to have problems between here and glory. But listen, thank God it ends all right. In fact, I was talking to Mike about Job. He said he got a lot of comfort from the book of Job. And I told him, I says, well, Job had problems, had a lot of trouble, but it ended well for him, and it's going to end well for us. It's going to end up all right in the end, and I believe that. For 2 Timothy 2, verse 9, wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even unto bonds, but the word of God is not bound. Now, here was Paul suffering as an evildoer, suffering for the cause of Christ. So sometimes... Uh, because of what we believe we suffer. Listen, God's people down through the centuries have had to pay a price for their faith. And if the Lord doesn't come first, it's going to cost us. You know, the most hated people in the world are Bible-believing Christians. You know what I heard recently on a news segment? That the, the average Catholic has more confidence in, 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 in a Muslim than they do in a fundamental Christian. What does that tell you? That tells you we're not very popular. If you believe the Bible, you're not too well thought of, even by the religious people of the world, evidently. So uh, suffering for the cause of Christ is, is, has been common. 75 of the 150 Psalms deal with trouble. Let me give you just a few verses from Psalms. Psalm 25, 17. The troubles of my heart are enlarged. Psalm 88, verse 3. For my soul is full of troubles, and my life draweth nigh unto the grave. Psalm 119, 143. Trouble and anguish have taken hold on me, yet thy commandments are my delights. Aren't you glad for the word of God during the time of trouble? No matter how bad it gets, I can go to Revelation 21 and 22 and say, I don't care how bad it gets, thank God it's going to get better one day. 
it's going to turn out all right. Then in Psalm 138, verse 7, Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. Psalm 34, 6, This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. Psalm 34, 17, The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all their troubles. Psalm 46, 1, God is their refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. He's there in the midst of our trouble. He said, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. So, uh, our belief may, may cause us to have trouble. Then thirdly, our behavior. Here was a man that was perfect and upright, feared God and his shoot evil, verse 1 says. In Job's case, it was good behavior that caused him to have trouble. The book of John, chapter 9. Let's go ahead and turn there, please. John 9. Book of John, chapter 9. We have an illustration in the New Testament. John 9, page 1127. John 9, verse 1. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. His disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Well, they said some, someone must have done wrong, uh, you know, that he must have sinned, his parents must have sinned. But Jesus says it's not either one. The reason he was blind, because Jesus is going to open his eyes. And he was uh, a, uh, uh, to be a testimony to the, to the power of God and they in the healing power of God. So, uh, no bad behavior. So troubles are not necessarily related to uh, bad behavior. Now, verse back in Job chapter one, verse eleven and twelve, I think gives us some insight into why why trouble comes in bunches. Now, the the Lord basically holds up Job to Satan and said, Have you considered my servant Job? There's none like him in all the earth. A perfect man, one that feareth God and ensureth evil. And the devil basically says, Well, the only reason you made a hedge about him. I mean, you made him rich. I mean, he's healthy. He's wealthy. His family has a good family. Everything's, only reason he serves you is because you've been so good to him. You take all that away and he'll turn against you. Book of Job chapter 1, verse 11. But put forth thine hand now and touch all. Notice the word all, A-L-L, -L, all that he hath. He will curse thee to thy face. The Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Only upon himself put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. All that he hath. Why does trouble come in bunches? Here we have an example of it. I mean, it wasn't enough for the devil just to take away Job's wealth. He had to kill his kids. Does the devil have power? Only, only as God permits him. But he is, he is quite powerful when God permits him to exercise that. And he's behind all this trouble. You know, he's the, cause of, he's the cause of sin. He's the cause of all the effects of sin. 
uh, you know, that we have to live. If, if there was no sin, there'd be no sickness with her, and there'd be no death, and there'd be no troubles. So uh, we blame him with it. But uh, that's, that's the way he operates, is, uh, is to try to turn us away from God and sometimes heaping troubles on in our life, one right after another, until we're so overwhelmed with it, we say, well, I'm just going to forget God. You know, I like what Peter said there when many of the disciples went back and walked no more with him. And the Lord says, will you also go away? And he said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. You know, if we turn from the Lord, where are we going to turn to? Where do we have to go? Uh, where, should I, where could I go but to the Lord, the song, songwriter wrote. And we have nowhere else to turn. And here, Job is their example that uh, uh, worshiped God and said, Naked came out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord attained away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And then, then in the second chapter, uh, they have another meeting, and the Lord basically said, Okay, devil, what do you think of Job now? He said, Oh, well, you know, he's, still, he's still healthy. He can get his wealth back. And, and uh, uh, he's, he's all right. Yes, he lost his wealth and lost his family, but he's still healthy and strong. You afflict his body, he'll turn against you. And, uh, but he doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't. Now, uh, Troubles can be a result of misbehavior. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 12, verse 6, For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourges every son whom he receiveth. Sometimes God sends troubles uh, as a form of chastisement. And I think we should always examine ourselves, as the Bible tells us, let a man examine himself. Let a man examine himself. And when troubles come, we ought to ask ourselves the question, Lord, is this chastisement? And I think we'll know if it is. After all, why would God send chastisement and not let us know what, the, you know, not connect the chastisement with our disobedience? It's kind of like someone went to a preacher one time and said, uh, said I, I, I've, I think I've sinned against the Lord and I don't remember what it was. He said, well, let's pray. And you guess at it. So they guessed it the first thing, first time. <laughs> if we've sinned, we know it, don't we? And, uh, and we're to deal with it. And 1 Corinthians 11 says, For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we're judged, we're chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. And if you find in that chapter, uh, they were uh, uh, misbehaving at the Lord's Supper and, and some were getting very sick and some were dying because of their, of their wickedness. And uh, God says, let a man examine himself. So he said, judge yourself and I won't have to judge you. So it can be misbehavior. But if we examine ourselves and the Lord does not show us any sin in our life, then we do not have to connect it with some misbehavior in our life. The purpose of chastisement, of course, has the meaning of child training is to bring us to repentance and back to God. Let me give you an example of Israel. In Deuteronomy 31, you may look there if you like, Deuteronomy 31, page 251. Page 251. Deuteronomy 31, verse 16. 
And the Lord said unto Moses, Behold, I shall sleep with thy fathers, and this people will rise up and go a-whoring after the gods of the strangers of the land, whither they go to be among them, and will forsake me and break my covenant, which I have made with them. Then my anger shall be kindled against them in that day, and I will forsake them. I will hide my face in them, and they shall be devoured, and many evils and troubles shall befall them. So that they will say in that day, Are not these evils come upon us? Because our God is not among us. And I will surely hide my face in that day for all the evils which they, have, they shall have wrought, in that they are turned unto other gods. Now therefore write you this song for you and teach it the children of Israel. Put it in their mouths that this song may be a witness for me against the children of Israel. So here we find the nation of Israel. Because of their disobedience, they were afflicted with trouble. And, uh, uh, and uh, they realized then, are not these evils come upon us because their God is not among us. Then in the book of First Second Chronicles, pardon me, Second Chronicles, fifteen, page five hundred three, page five hundred three, Second Chronicles fifteen, and verse one, and the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Oded. He went out to meet Asa and said unto him, Here are you, me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while you be with him. If you seek him, he will be found of you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. Now for a long season, Israel hath been without the true God and without a teaching priest and without law. But when they in their trouble did turn unto the Lord God of Israel and sought him, he was found of them. So God sent troubles to them to turn their hearts back to God. And you know, they're in the land now, or at least a part of them are. And they're having a lot of trouble, aren't they? But they're there in unbelief. And when they turn their hearts to God, God will, will reign over them. Well, let's turn to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. We're going to find the end of trouble. I'm glad, thank God, that trouble one of these days is going to end. Book of 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 5, page 1271. 1271, 2 Thessalonians 1, verse 5. I know I don't let you get there. You say, preacher, you've done got red before I get there. Uh, if, if, I, if I waited like I should, I'd be preaching twice as long probably. So verse 5, which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God, that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God, for which you also suffer, seeing it is a righteous thing with God to recompense tribulation to them that trouble you. And to you who are troubled, Rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire taking vengeance on them that know not God that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. You know, we've been troubled as a nation, haven't we? And we're troubled as an individual from the devil himself. Uh, this Bin Laden outfit. Uh, you know, I, I've said if he, if he was as brave as he, he wants those that flew those planes into the, those buildings, if he's, you know, if he's as brave as he's teaching them to be, why don't he poke his head out? 
as one of them planes fly over. But he thinks we're the great Satan. We're the enemy. And uh, this false religion of, of uh, Islam is certainly a false religion and uh, is going is to come to its end. But it's engulfed a great part of the world. And, and it, it's, it teaches false doctrine founded on false doctrine and a false god, really. But uh, anyway, uh, he says, we, we that are troubled, when Jesus comes, he's going to deal with it. He's going to deal with evil. He's going to put it down. And thank God he's going to deal with trouble. All my troubles are going to be over when Jesus comes for me. I believe that. And so the troubles are just for a moment. One of these days is going to be a whole lot better. The Bible says in Isaiah 65, 16, that he who bless, blesseth himself in the earth shall bless himself in the God of truth. He that sweareth in the earth shall swear by the God of truth because the former troubles are forgotten because they are hid from mine eyes. Verse 23, they shall not labor in vain nor bring forth for trouble for they are the seed of the blessed of the Lord and their offspring with them. Well, God says here the former troubles are forgotten. You know, the Bible compares it to a child, a woman bringing forth a child and the pain and all that accompanies that. But when the child is born, the troubles are forgotten. And that's the way it's going to be when we go home to be with the Lord. The troubles of life in fact, the Apostle Paul said, I reckon the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. <laughs> he says, when I think of the glory, the troubles are very small in comparison. Well, we're going to have trouble. I'm not going to tell you tonight that your troubles are going to disappear. In fact, I'm going to tell you the opposite. Until you get out of this world, you're going to have trouble. But thank God for those that know the Lord, they're not, they're not forever. Kind of like one person said, their favorite verse of Scripture was the verse where it said, and it came to pass, taking it a little out of context, but they said they were, they were glad that it didn't come to stay. <laughs> it came to pass. And it's going to come to pass. It's going to get better one day. I believe that. Trouble. Job had it, we're going to have it, but one day they'll disappear. Let's bow our heads, please.